0: Peace be upon you. So in this world, we have one of two choices. Either we follow the path of God or any other path that we select is ultimately the path of Satan. In Surah 36, verse 60, it says, Did I not covenant with you, O children of Adam, that you shall not worship the devil, that he is your most ardent enemy? God's path is strict monotheism, while all other paths lead to idol worship. This is the mandatory test that every generation will have to deal with. And while it will come in different forms and shapes, the underlying structure is one and the same. An example of these two paths can be seen in the history of Moses. After God saved Moses, Aaron, and the children of Israel from the oppression and persecution of Pharaoh, we see the two paths, that while Moses took a straight path to God, the children of Israel followed a path towards the hellfire. In Surah 20, verse 80 through 82, we read, O children of Israel, we delivered you from your enemy, summoned you to the right side of Mount Sinai, and we sent down to you manna and quails. Eat from the good things we provided you, and do not transgress, lest you incur wrath. Whoever incurs my wrath has fallen. I am surely forgiving for those who repent, believe, and lead a righteous life, and steadfastly remain guided. Starting from verse 83, we see God addressing Moses. It says, Why did you rush away from your people, O Moses? He said, They are close behind me. I have rushed to you, my Lord, that you may be pleased. He said, We have put your people to the test after you left, but the Sumerian misled them. In Surah 20, verse 86 through 87, it reads, Moses returned to his people angry and disappointed, saying, O my people, Did your Lord not promise you a good promise? Could you not wait? Did you want to incur wrath from your Lord? Is this why you broke your agreement with me? They said, we did not break our agreement with you on purpose, but we were loaded down with jewelry and decided to throw our loads in. This is what the Sumerian suggested. He, the Sumerian, produced for them a sculpted calf, complete with calf sounds. They said, this is your God, the God of Moses. Thus, he forgot. Could they not see that it neither responded to them, nor possessed any power to harm them or benefit them? And Aaron had told them, O my people, this is a test for you. Your only Lord is the most gracious, so follow me and obey my commands. They said, We will continue to worship it until Moses comes back. When Moses returns, we read his response in his dialogue with Aaron, starting from 2092 through 93. Moses said, O oh Aaron, what is it that prevented you, when you saw them go astray, from following my orders? Have you rebelled against me? He, Aaron, said, O oh son of my mother, do not pull me by my beard and my head. I was afraid that you might say, you have divided the children of Israel and disobeyed my orders. It continues in 2095-97, through 97, he, Moses, said, What is the matter with you, O Samaritan?" He, the Sumerian, said, I saw what you could not see. I grabbed a fistful of dust from where the messenger stood, and I used it to mix into the golden calf. This is what my mind inspired me to do. He, Moses said, then go, and throughout your life, do not even come close. You have an appointed time, your final judgment that you can never evade. Look at your God that you used to worship. We will burn it and throw it into the sea to stay down there forever. The mistake I think most people make when reading these verses is that they read them and look down on the children of Israel and forget that this book was given for the followers of the Quran to not make the same mistake, that this history is not placed inside the Quran so we can feel good about ourselves and look down on others. It's put inside the Quran for us as a warning not to make the same mistakes. And in order to be able to see this, we have to go deeper into the word choice and the symbolisms that are inside these verses. What's interesting is that when Moses rushed to God, he did so in order to have God hopefully be pleased with him. And the Arabic word to rush is ajal, that he rushed to God. In addition, when God questions him, where are the children of Israel? He replies that they are close behind my footsteps. And the Arabic word here is athari that he's rushed to God in order for God to be pleased. So these are two key words that we want to look at. One is ajal, which means to rush, and the other is athari, which means footsteps. When we continue to the motivations for the children of Israel, we see a couple glaring signs. One is that the people were impatient, that they wanted a God to worship while Moses was gone. Secondly is they took the jewelry That God has blessed them with. And they turned this blessing into an idol to rival God. And the idol that they created. Based on the blessings that God has given them. The jewelry. The means. They turned this idol into a calf. And the Arabic word for calf is ajalan. And ajalan comes from the same root as ajal. That while Moses was rushing to God. Again the word ajal. The children of Israel were creating an ajalan, a calf, for them to worship. And you see where these two priorities lie. And when the Sumerian was pressed to why he did this, his response is really interesting. He said, I saw what you cannot see. I grabbed a fistful of the dust from where the messenger's footsteps were. And again, this word here is athari. And if you recall, this is what... Moses was saying, when God asked him, where are the children of uh, Israel? He said, they are following in my footsteps. And ironically, rather than following the path of the messenger, these individuals took the dust from the footsteps of the messenger and formed an idol out of it. So out of the footsteps of the messengers, one can either follow his path to the worship of God alone, or can literally take the elements from his footsteps and form it into an idol which rivals God. Now, again, many people read this history and think how dumb the individuals were who created and worshiped a calf. Except this history is not there for the followers of the Quran to feel superior. It is there for us to take heed so we do not fall into the same traps. Obviously, Satan knows that he cannot make people fall into idol worship like he did in the past. So instead he devises new ways that are more palatable for each generation. But despite the facade being slightly different, the swindle is one and the same. Today, billions of Muslims have fallen prey to the same swindle as that of the Sumerian. And this has been conducted by the various individuals who have collected the Hadith of the Prophet by the names of Bukhari and Muslim and the like. These individuals went and followed the footsteps of the Prophet. And rather than following the message of the Prophet, they get fixated on the supposed actions of the Prophet. What side did he sleep on? Which foot did he step into the bathroom? How did he urinate? All this nonsense that they follow aside from the words of God in the Quran that were delivered specifically to him to communicate to the people. What's interesting is that this word, Athar, which is used in the context of Moses' footsteps, that the Sumerian took from the dust from Moses' footsteps and sculpted this golden calf for the children of Israel, this word Athar also means tradition and is literally another name for Hadith, that the Muslim masses are replicating exactly what the Sumerian did, that rather than focusing on the message of the Prophet, they get fixated on his footsteps. And there's a famous dream of Bukhari that literally verbatim describes this very concept of following the messenger's footsteps and thinking that in essence, this is what's going to make them godly. And rather hearing this from me, I want to use a clip from Muslim sources themselves, a very popular Muslim channel, so you can hear it from their own mouth as far as exactly how Bukhari saw his job, his duty that is absolutely on par to what the Sumerian did with Moses. Now, al-Bukhari sees a dream when he's a child as well, when he's a young teenager as well, um, that many would actually see of him. Many ulama would see this dream and al-Bukhari saw. Al-Bukhari saw a dream of himself walking behind the Prophet ﷺ. Every time the Prophet ﷺ puts his foot down, al-Bukhari goes and puts his foot down there. And he saw this dream of himself as a young man. And subhanAllah, other ulama, other scholars as well, uh, they saw that dream. Bukhari and other Hadith collectors spent their life collecting the supposed stories from the footsteps of the Prophet. And in doing so, they negated the entire message of the Prophet. That the object of worship should always be God alone. That we should not associate anything with God. And that our only source of religious law should be that of the Quran alone. In Surah 39, verse 3, it says, Absolutely, the religion shall be devoted to God alone. Those who set up idols beside him say, We idolize them only to bring us closer to God, for they are in a better position. God will judge them regarding their disputes. God does not guide such liars, disbelievers. Individuals who idolize the prophet by looking at the details of his life yet negate the very message he came to preach are showing that they don't believe in God, they don't believe in God's system, and they don't believe in the Quran. It continues in Surah 39 verse 45 says, when God alone is mentioned, the hearts of those who do not believe in the hereafter shrink with aversion. But when others are mentioned beside him, they become satisfied. The fact that the Muslims who uphold hadith beside that of the Quran are showing that they're dissatisfied with the book of God alone, that they're looking for a book from some other entity, some other source, in order to give them comfort. In Surah 34, verse 44, it reads, we did not give them any other book to study. This implies, when it has to do with our religious salvation, the only book we are to uphold, the only book we are to study, is that of the Quran alone. In Surah 4, verse 36, says, you shall worship God alone, do not associate anything with Him. Individuals who are not content with worship of God alone, who are fixated on the fabricated stories of the Prophet's personal life, are showing that they're associating other partners with God. God informs us that the only sunnah we are to uphold is the sunnah of God. That if we follow the sunnahs of the past generations, we're only going to go astray. In Surah 35, verse 43 says, They resorted to arrogance on earth and evil scheming. The evil schemes only backfire on those who scheme them. Then are they waiting except for the sunnah of the past? You will find that God's sunnah is never changeable. You will find that God's sunnah is immutable. Individuals who create these fabrications of the sunnah of the Prophet, again, are showing that they're not content with the sunnah of God. Ironically, Their history is recorded in the Qur'an of what happens to individuals who followed the sunnah of a man as opposed to the sunnah of God. Individuals like Bukhari and the other Hadith collectors are the Sumerian of the Muslim Ummah. Their collection of Hadith literature is the golden calf that they have produced. And the Muslim masses, by upholding these books besides that of the Quran, are setting up rivals with God and his scripture, no different than the children of Israel did with the golden calf. In Surah 6 verse 112, it reads, We have permitted the enemies of every prophet, human and jinn devils, to inspire in each other fancy words in order to deceive. Had your Lord willed, they would not have done it. You shall disregard them and their fabrications. It continues in one thirteen. it says, This is to let the minds of those who do not believe in the hereafter listen to such fabrications and accept them, and thus expose their real convictions. God tells us that the only source of religious law we are to uphold is the Quran alone. In Surah 6, verse 114, it reads, Shall I seek other than God as a source of law, when He has revealed to you this book fully detailed, those who receive the scripture recognize that it has been revealed from your Lord truthfully. You shall not harbor any doubt. The word of your Lord is complete in truth and justice. Nothing shall abrogate his words. He is the here, the omniscient. And then God gives us this warning. It says in verse 116, If you obey the majority of people on earth, they will divert you from the path of God. They follow only conjecture. They only guess. One of the tricks the devil utilized over the Muslim masses was convincing them that idol worship is limited to physically imploring, bowing, and prostrating to some entity. Except the Quran informs us that our property, our business, our children can be idols if we love them more than we love God. That if we think anything beside God can harm or benefit us, independent of God, that this is a form of idol worship. And that if we take any other source of religious law other than what God informs us in this Quran, then we would be committing idol worship. In Surah 6, verse 121, it reads, Do not eat from that upon which the name of God has not been mentioned, for it is an abomination. The devils inspired their allies to argue with you. If you obey them, you will be idol worshipers. God is informing us that if God gives us a commandment, and we follow some other source that tells us to do otherwise, that we are setting up idols next to God. God in the Quran repeatedly tells us what our religious obligations are, what our religious duties are, what our religious laws are, and the Hadith are full of contradictions to these laws. Meaning the second that we uphold some other source beside what God has directly informed his prophet and us today in the Quran, that we are setting up an idol next to God. The prophet of God came and delivered God's final scripture to mankind. It contains everything one needs in order to be redeemed by God. In Surah 18, verse 54, it says, we have cited in this Quran every kind of example, but the human being is the most argumentative creature. God has blessed the Arabs by sending his final prophet to them and revealing his final scripture, that of the Quran, in their own language. Yet rather than taking this message they transformed the footsteps of the prophet into their idol and they used this source to rival god's scripture that the prophet was commissioned to deliver in surah 25 verse 27 through 30 we read the day will come when the transgressor will bite his hands in anguish and say at last i wish i had followed the path of the messenger At last, woe to me, I wish I did not take that person as a friend. He has led me away from the message after it came to me. Indeed, the devil lets down his human victims. The messenger said, My lord, my people have deserted this Quran. This is the testimony of the messenger on the day of judgment. His people who claim to uphold him have negated not only the path of the messenger, but also the very Quran he was destined to deliver. And ironically, rather than following his path, what do they do? They follow his literal supposed footsteps and miss the bigger picture. While the majority of the Muslim masses have been duped by the devil by upholding Hadith beside that of the Quran, there are individuals who recognize the absolute blasphemy that is propagating from this hadith. But the response is not much different of that of Aaron, where they're concerned that if they call this out, that if they speak up against these blasphemies, that they're gonna be dividing the ummah. But through this example, God is informing us that we should never tolerate idol worship in our religion. That if we're complacent in this regard, then we run the risk of being swept up with the crowd on their way to the hellfire. It reads in Surah 3, verse 175, It is the devil's system to instill fear into his subjects. Do not fear them and fear me instead if you are believers. We have to be 100% conscientious of our own necks. If others go astray, that's on them. But by being passive participants, as the vast majority of people are being sent astray, it is not doing anyone any good by being quiet and, complacent to this clear blasphemy let's not make the same mistakes that the children of israel made let's not follow into the swindles of Bukhari like the children of israel did to the sumerian let's follow the path of the messenger rather than worshiping at his footsteps and only if we do this can we genuinely be saved from the hellfire God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please reach out to us on our Discord. The invite link to our server is below. If you want to follow along the verses of the Quran, please download the Quran City app on the iOS App Store. If you don't have an iOS device, you can go to QuranCityApp.com website. And if you want more information, you can go to QuranicLabs.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.